Don't just go through life, grow through it. Hi, and welcome to the Grow Through Podcast with Fee Dang. My name is Fee, and I am a human design life coach known as the Positivity Queen. I am passionate about helping you not to just go through life, but grow through it. Join me in this podcast, which will provide inspiration, motivation, and practical steps to help you live your best life as your most aligned and authentic self. Through my Soul Revolution methodology, the pillars of which are mindset, self-love, energy, and purpose. Ready to grow? Let's grow. Hello, beautiful souls. Today, I am so excited to have Elle and Courtney from the Thoughts That Manifest podcast, which is all about inspiring people to awaken their mind to the limitless potential. I was recently on their podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'll link it to you in the show notes. It was such a beautiful, deep conversation on uncovering your soul purpose through human design. We also discussed all things related to self-love, self-care, and soul alignment. So I am so happy that they're able to come onto the podcast today. So ladies, I thought I would switch it up. And I think usually when you go on a podcast, people ask you to describe themselves. But I thought, I L, I'd love for you to tell us about Courtney. And then Courtney, tell us about Elle. So I don't know who wants to go first, but kind of like a twist to start the podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yes. So Courtney is my best friend and we met back when we were children. I think what, maybe I was about like six, maybe when I first, first met her. Um, And we really grew and deepened our friendship. I would say my, in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, going into my freshman year of high school, and Courtney has been like a rock for me. She's like that friend who is a ride or die. She's always got your back. Like if I need her, she would be there. She would show up. No questions asked. And I really love her for that. She's actually also been a huge motivation for me, inspiring. I've always looked up to her because she is so hardworking. And she also is a go-getter so if she has a goal in mind she will go after it and she does not stop and I love that about her um super ambitious and at the end of the day such a kind heart and we have been through so much together so many ups and downs and I think what I admire the most about her is how supportive she has been along my own personal growth journey and along my own journey to figuring out who I really am and what I want to do in this world. She's always been my number one cheerleader. I've never had a friend like that before. And that's what I really admire about her is just like how much she supports me and is always there for me. So yeah, everybody deserves a friend like Courtney. (laughs) It's like, it's like, um, what were they? I saw a thing the other day that was like, soulmates aren't just romantic people. They're also your best friends like you're a soulmate to me and like I know that we've probably lived many lives before where we have been in each other's lives Mm, yeah I would say Lauren is probably she's a really good friend she takes on so much at one time she tries to help every one of her friends to like the best of her ability I could call her no matter what which is absolutely she's very reliable um she hates status quo and does not conform to authority. And I actually love that about her because it teaches you so much about how to break the rules, but re- while redefining what the rules should be. And I think that that's a big deal because a lot of people just conform and then they're not happy. And she's really shown me how to redefine success and what your life should look like. So it brings you joy, which is a big deal. Um, Family has always been really, really important to her, which I love. Um, And then like, she's just like physically present all the time, which is really wonderful. Um, And then the, the fact that like, we don't have to always be doing something, but we can still spend time together is something I really enjoy. 
because sometimes I think um, as a projector, I get tired. So she matches, although she's a manifesting generator, which is really important, um, she'll match that energy of like, occasionally we just wind down and do nothing. Um, although I know she's like secretly working on something in the background. Um, let's see. I don't think she could live without her phone. I don't think she could live without her dog or her husband. I could say me, but that would be selfish. Yeah, I think if she could change one thing in society, I think she changed the public school system because I know that, you know, there's a lot of things that she really didn't find. Um, what do, what's the word I want to use? Like um, productive about it for each individualized person. Um, yeah, she married me and my husband. So do I have to say anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was just so beautiful. And I just love that you guys described each other in terms of like your qualities and you really know each other so deeply, you know, even your human design chart. So um, just to let everybody know on the podcast. So Elle is a manifesting generator of 5-1 and Courtney is an emotional projector of 4-6. And thank you so much for describing each other. I thought like your friendship is obviously so beautiful and so deep and I wanted to know in your own words, what's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Courtney, do you know one for you? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of morbid, but that like both my parents are already deceased. It's just yeah. like, not something you expect from someone who's so young. That's very true. I would say for me, you have a lot. So you have a lot. I could think about a few. I literally like okay for instance when I I know I'm answering this question for her because she's not going to gloat but I gloat about her all the time I tell people like my best friend is a professional blogger like she has her own business and people are like what and I'm like yeah she has like 25,000 followers on Instagram and people are like huh and I'm like yes very successful like independent businesswoman like runs her own life and people are always really surprised by that. They're like, wow, like that must've been scary. And I was like, I don't know. She just did it. Like she just made the decision and did it. That's sweet of you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I can also at times shock people with, I guess my outside of the box, like thinking or going after things that aren't typically considered traditional, like if all of a sudden people are like, oh, so what do you do for a job? And I feel like that's really hard to answer because I feel like I do a lot of different things and I don't like to just, you know, say I do one thing, but then I start talking about astrology and tarot and they're like, wait, what? You don't look like the type of person who would be into that. And I don't even really know what they mean by that, but it's like, I feel like people assume that you need to look a certain way in order to be into something like that and I, I don't even know what they mean by that half the time like I don't look like the type of person who would be into astrology like what do I just like look like I guess they think I just look so average so normal so like I wouldn't or they be... expect you to look more witchy like I don't yeah, get like, it I don't even know right like how to even take that half the time when they say things like that but and just um the fact you know that like I dropped out of college and then I'm, I decided not to do the traditional you know career path and that sometimes surprises people I guess and when I speak out I feel like that also surprises people because most of the time I am really quiet and reserved and I'm not one to really want like we've spoke about this before I don't like conflict so when I decide that I'm gonna you know, talk back or speak up for myself when somebody's trying to like put me in a box or talk down to me. That also kind of surprises them, I feel like, Go ahead. for so long. Yeah. And I feel like people always like look at people and they expect a certain thing, but I agree. Like what does spiritual even look like? And speaking to you, Courtney, I know on our um, your podcast, we were saying like, you know, talking about grief and all of us have kind of had these really like turbulent hard, dark moments in life, but we've all overcome it and, you know, risen above it and broken all these like family patterns and ancestral lineage things. And so I think that's really powerful. And I'm curious if you have both always been into personal development, because definitely Elle, when I looked at your human design chart, you know, there's all that energies of like spiritual awakening, helping people step into their power. And so I wonder if you got Courtney into this kind of realm, or have you both always been in it? I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I definitely think 
Um, it was her. I, yeah, I helped Courtney for sure. But at the same time, she always had it in her, you know, and I think she just needed to recognize that within herself. Um, and for me, it when I was a kid, it's funny. When I was a kid, I used to always love getting those. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of these, but they're these books that have journal prompt questions and you would fill them out and it would like get you to self-reflect and all that. I was obsessed with things like that. Like I always enjoyed doing that and I always loved kind of like journaling and self-reflective questions and things like that and quizzes and figuring out like, oh, like if you answered this way, this makes you this type of person. Like I loved that kind of stuff. Um, don't know why, but I just did. And when it when I got into my spiritual path and more so really focused on personal growth and development it was definitely a time where I had lost a lot of direction and I felt lost I felt like I had no purpose no meaning and I knew I had to do a lot of inner work and healing so it wasn't always like I didn't always have that kind of outlook, but I definitely think it was always a part of me in a way, but I also pushed it away for a while. And then it really took, you know, being at my lowest point to be like, okay, I need to really work on myself. I need to get myself out of this negative loop that I'm stuck in because I don't want to be in, in this negative loop anymore and I deserve better for myself. And so when I started doing that, it really all just kind of came together. And I think what happened was I was so excited about the shifts that I was making. And because Courtney is my best friend, I would confide in her and share my excitement. And I think that maybe inspired her to want to do her own. But then again, I'm also speaking for you, Courtney, so you can. Yeah, but you're <laughs> <Tell>. on. <laughs> okay. So how the whole reason behind our podcast starting was just like having these like two hour philosophical conversations where we were like other people need to hear this this is crazy and we would just talk for so long and then be like oh my god it's been two hours where did the time go yeah yeah and honestly and with my with the uh podcast you know it started off as the boss girl bloggers podcast like that thing that podcast has been through so much transformation and I think that's really um, a representation of life in general is <laughs> just like transforming and changing and not being afraid to switch things up when you need to and not being afraid of changing because I feel like a lot of people are so afraid to change sometimes and they're also afraid of what people would think if they change and sometimes we're not even open to allowing people to change or allowing people to change their mind. Mm, I love that. And it's such like a manifesting generator thing to say <laughs> is, you know, starting yeah. things, letting things shift. And what I know about you both is I think you guys have been friends for over 20 years. I think that's absolutely incredible. You know, you kind of described it in your own words as ride or die. And I know kind of right now you have a long distance friendship because you live in different states in America. So how do you both navigate that and, you know, all these changes in life as well together? being away from her like oh especially like the first few years was abs like absolute agony I mean being away from her is terrible anyway because when we lived near each other we saw each other if we didn't see each other every day we saw each other like three four times a week and like I said sometimes we were just like showing up at each other's house and just kind of doing what seems like nothing together but still spending that like quality time um we've like we this is like a passion project that we started our entire podcast but we've worked together in the past we've gone to school together in the past we lived on we grew up on the same street for a long time um so we've crossed paths a lot so being far from her isn't easy but I will say like especially in the beginning it took a lot of um phone communication like she we text me all the time um and I think we have gotten into this new level of our relationship where we're friends and we're still like there for each other but we're also like trying to build something together business-wise and so it's I don't think it could be 
at that level or at that place if we hadn't created, and I think we talked about this a little bit on our podcast, if we hadn't created such a solid safe space to really speak, like speak up about like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Like, I know that, you know, it's not intentional or anything that's on our minds about like how we're feeling. And the other person is just like, you know what, I want you to be happy with like our end product like how can we make this work and just both being open to involving each other's vision and then creating it to look like something that we both want um instead of being I feel like neither one of us are vindictive but some people can be like really petty and uh that's another thing I really appreciate but um yeah I kind of rambled yeah no I mean I think you said it perfectly that was a great explanation, but I definitely think that it was really hard in the beginning. And something that I've always personally struggled with is within my life, when it came to friendships, when it came to people in general, I always had people move away. So when Courtney first moved away, it kind of re-triggered that wound within me where it's like, oh, that abandonment wound, I guess you could say, where it's like, oh my gosh, my one and only like best friend she's moving away from me how am I going to cope with this and at the time I still hadn't done any of my self-reflective work that I really needed to do or any of my healing so definitely triggered that wound but at the end of the day I feel like it brought us a lot closer as well um you know what they say like distance makes the heart grow fonder but it was really true and I think it makes our time together that we do spend when we are visiting each other that much more powerful, that much more meaningful. And it was a lot of, you know, FaceTime and phone calls. And there were even times where we would be sitting there with like a Netflix movie on and we're like, all right, one, two, three, let's press play. And we would press play together, like on the phone and watch it together, like through FaceTime, like just kind of ways to still hang out, even though we were kind of apart um but you kind of have to do that when you have like a best friend and you want to keep that connection I think what I love most about Courtney is that she kind of views friendship the same way I do where it's like you have to make an effort to keep it keep the connection going and I've had many friends in my life where you know the effort wasn't reciprocated and I feel like I've always felt that the effort was reciprocated with Courtney Mm, I really love that. And I think, you know, something I would be wondering if I was listening to the podcast is it sounds like you guys have always been really close, really tight, really supportive. But, you know, something that I mentioned when I overlaid your human design charts is together you can activate the channel of struggle, you know, because L, you have the fear of purpose in the sense, you know, not living up to your full potential or life is meaningless. And Courtney, you very much have this like strong fighter energy. And so I wonder if you guys have ever not gotten on or having any conflicts and how do you kind of navigate? I, they're both nodding their head, by the way, everybody. So I think they're got, definitely going to have some things oh, yeah. to share. It's like any good 20-year marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fights we've had some stupid bickering matches too like sisters like just so dumb which like come to think about it I used to have a fear of like same it's it's crazy because Lauren talks about her having it but I have it too which is like a fear of abandonment but more so I have like trauma around like family I mean um friends not family sorry um but uh And I used to always get really jealous when we were younger of Lauren having other friends. And just like a few years ago, I was like, you know what? Big epiphany. You've been my friend for like 20 years. So I'm not afraid of anyone else being your friend anymore. Even if you guys hang out every day, I know we're still secure in our friendship. So be friends with whoever you want. (laughs) Like I'm fine with it. Um, But yeah, we've had some, there was like a two month period where we didn't talk at all. Yeah. And it was over a boy, not one that we both liked, but I, it was me basically trying to be like, oh, you deserve so much better. The red flags, the red flags. And yeah, I was in like a pretty committed relationship um, at a very young age 
probably because of like family dysfunction. Um, that was just like what I thought was what I was supposed to do. Um, and I dealt with a lot of, of emotional, physical abuse and he was addicted to drugs and Lauren knew everything because Lauren was my best friend. Um, and he really painted her as a villain, um, and like convinced me not to talk to her. And it was probably like the worst time of my life. And I ended up breaking up with him and Lauren's here and he's not. So that's everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. And now, and I would say that was probably the most challenging time within our friendship. And I, and again, it triggered those wounds within me because what for me I grew up around toxicity and I my dad would confide in me a lot about his relationship problems after my parents got divorced and so when that had happened I had told my dad I was like he was dating this woman who was addicted to drugs and was not good for him and he was a recovering drug addict but actually at the time he was doing drugs himself too and so I hadn't I knew like I noticed that this person was not good for him and he had told me one day he was like all right well I'm gonna marry her and I spoke up my mind about it and I said I don't think you should like I don't think this is the right one for you and because I spoke up my mind about that and he didn't like that he had left me in a parking lot at like the age of 13 and just drove away left me there no phone no nothing and that really bothered me. I had, you know, panic attack, I went into throwback blockbuster (laughs) to like call my mom to come get me and all these things. My mom sent her boyfriend at the time who I didn't like. So it was like this whole mess. So that situation with Courtney really reflected on my wounds with speaking up about how I feel like somebody I love is in danger or not like, you know, but then that also taught me that all right, well, it's not my job, right, to fix other people. It's not my job to point out problems and situations. Like, everybody has their own journey, their own lessons, and, you know, they're going to figure it out, and I'm not the savior here. Like, I'm not supposed to come in and be like, listen, like, this isn't good for you. You got to do, you got to do better or something like that. I even think that, like, I even think that, like, you shouldn't you shouldn't even not say anything I think if anything what I learned is that like you should you should say what you think and then if the other person has a problem with it it's because they can't they can't reflect on what you're actually saying and um that was probably like the biggest thing that I learned from that was how to reflect on like what you were actually saying And instead of like making you the enemy because you were saying something I didn't want to hear, you were speaking the truth and you had my best interest at heart. The other person didn't. So if anything, I think you should tell people when people in their life suck. (laughs) 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 It'll save them a lot of time if they listen. I I find it so fascinating because you're both just like living your human design so effortlessly, you know, like. Elle very much speaking about that martyr, like savior, you know, that's very common with that 5-1 profile. And, you know, I also find it quite intriguing because Courtney, um, you've got naturally the channel of judgment and you're a projector. So you're very much that guide and able to pick up on things. And I think it is so clear from this conversation how incredibly strong you both are, like hearing your stories. And I felt like, you know, I've also had abandonment wounds. You know, my parents are all um, divorced and then my dad passed away. And I know Courtney, I think people thinking, whoa, like not having both of your parents at a young age, not being here. And I'd love for you to kind of speak more about that as well as Elle, like talking about that abandonment wound, because it festers and plays out in so many ways, not just like relationships. It can be like the littlest things, but it's like, I think people sometimes think you have to have something really like overly traumatic happen to feel abandonment or a breakup or something. But actually most of the time it does stem from our parents, even unconsciously right you know um I had a breakup last year and that even triggered abandonment even though I broke up with him and it was like there's no more masculine presence in my life without a partner without my father no brothers you know kind of that type of energy so yeah if you could speak to that yeah Courtney do you want to go first yeah um I think oh god this is where like I'm going to say like I think behavioral therapy is so important um but um, 
Yeah, there's, there's so much. I think um, when you're developing as a child, the most important thing that you want, right, is the presence of your parent. There's a lot of wonderful stuff online where psychologists talk now and they're talking about like you being on your phone or you being distracted by chores or the things you have to get done. And really all that your kid wants when they're flipping out in the corner of the room ultimately is your presence and they can sense that you're not present. Um, And so that's one of the things I always really wanted. My dad gave a lot of that, um, but he was very quick to anger. Um, And my mom was none of the things. There's a, a wonderful book called Mother Hunger. I actually found out about it from Red Table Talks. Um, and it's a wonderful book. I've actually downloaded it again to listen to it again, because there's so many good things in there, but it talks about the three main things that everyone needs from their mother. And it's, I think it's nurturing guidance and protection and, um, like what psychologically can, you know, really damage a person. I didn't get any of those from my mother. Um, so thinking about it now, um, what was it? Uh, Sunday was her one year anniversary of her passing. And I found myself being very angry, like very, very angry. And um, Lauren got me this wonderful journal with journal prompts um, when we went to Salem, because we went to go be witchy, um, which is like Salem, Massachusetts, for anyone listening, is like where the Salem witch trials were. Um, so I was writing in there and it was like, write whatever, like the prompt was like, write whatever you feel. And I was like, I'm really angry. Like, I'm really angry at my mom. I'm really angry that she died. Like she was 51. I'm mad about, you know, all the things that she missed and didn't do. And um, just allowing myself to be okay with being angry is is a big thing. Like being okay with having your feelings. Um because if you, Lauren always says, you have to feel it to heal it, which I love, um, which I want to be like part of our like slogan at some point. Um, so it's just like, you can't hide from that. And then I think with the friendship aspect, I had a lot of friends growing up that I thought were loyal, good friends, kind of like Lauren, but we were very young. And I knew from a very young age that I was very much like a loyal person and wanted to build something that would last, especially since I wasn't getting what I needed from home. Um, And I had a lot of people who were like, you're weird, you're annoying. I don't want to talk to you anymore out of the blue. Like I'd show up to school one and you know, that um, really kind of messed with my head with, with friendships in a way. Yeah. And Then for me with like abandonment, uh, it's interesting because it definitely started at a really young age for me. I, you know, Courtney and I, we lived on the same street. And when I say this street, like, I don't even know how to really describe the nostalgic of it, but it was the smallest street. It was a cul-de-sac and it had maybe like 13 houses and walking distance to every house, super close knit. And I also had another friend growing up who I was really, really close with. And I was probably, I want to say maybe eight or nine at the time. Um, And it was when it was like an escape for me because my, my home growing up, my dad, you know, he hurt himself at work, injured his shoulder, got addicted to painkillers, lost his job, got depressed. So he was super angry all the time never doing anything, sat on the couch most of the day, unless he was like cooking or cleaning, then he would sit back on the couch, ate on the couch, slept on the couch. That's what I saw. That's, it was this energy that I felt like I needed to escape all the time. So I would escape to this friend's house and her mom was like super nurturing and loving, cooked for us, did things with us, took us places. So it was like my escape. And around like the age of eight or nine, her mom passed away. And when I found this out, it was really devastating for me because I found a lot of like emotional support within her mom, but also just in that friendship in general. And at that point, her dad had started drinking and, and, you know, was really like emotionally upset because they had been together for so long. And it was just not even two months later when her dad had passed away. And my 
friend at the time that I was like confiding in and always escaping to then told me she had to move to Florida, which was across the country from me, all while my parents were fighting and getting a divorce. So that in itself created tons of like abandonment wounds and just a lot of emotional, I guess, hardship and heartache that I had to go through at a really, really young age and not really completely understanding how to like process grief and how to process, you know, the wound of losing a friend while also my parents splitting up, which at the time it was like, I don't know if anybody can relate to this at all, but when you have a family dynamic that's really toxic and there's somebody in your family who you know, you love them because they're your dad, but at the same time, you don't like being around them. So when you hear they're no longer going to be living in your environment, it was like, okay, I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be sad about this. Cause I was like relieved, but also sad at the same time. And I never got to say bye to my dad either. Um, because I, I came home from a friend's house who I was sleeping over and all of a sudden my dad wasn't there. And my dad decided to take off and, you know, go cross country for a month or so as soon as that separation happened. So I was so confused and just like, I felt really left behind by so many people in my life. And I know it wasn't anybody's really fault in the situation. It was just a lot of emotional upheaval and trauma all at once that really happened to everybody around me, but also impacted me. And it took me years to work through all of this. And at the same time, like I'm even getting slightly emotional about it because I know there's still work to be done, but it was just such like an emotional chapter of my life that as a child, part of me wishes, why am I getting, okay. Part of me wishes I could just go back to like my child self because I did feel so alone at that time. And I I just, I feel sad for like that, that child version of myself, you know, when you like reflect on like a child version of yourself, you wish you could just like hold them and hug them and let them know, like, you're not alone. Like everything's going to be okay. Look where you're going to be like years in the future. Like you're going to be like doing amazing things, helping people. Don't worry, you know? So yeah, that's kind of where my abandonment wounds like kind of sent from. And then Everything else in my life kind of reflected that back to me through relationships with guys that, you know, would date me and they would want to use me to like have sex and then they would leave me. And then, you know, friends who I would get really close to and then they would have to move away. And it was just always constantly being reflected back to me. And that's when I knew I had to really do the inner work because it was a cycle I was stuck in. And as soon as I started doing that inner work, my relationships improved and I was able to navigate not only conflict better, but also, you know, navigate loss better because I think that was something I really had to learn was how to navigate loss. And what's interesting is, you know, when Courtney had lost her mom, I had this like 180 moment because I was back in on that childhood street where, you know, my other friend had lost both of her parents and I was in Courtney's childhood home sharing that super sad, emotional, like heart-wrenching moment with her of watching her lose her mom. And all of those emotions came flooding back to me and I felt for her in that moment. And then I felt my inner child self coming up in that moment. And I had to really work through and process like all of that, but while also knowing she was processing and going through so, so much too. It's just been, it's been wild to reflect on and look back on and kind of uncover the lessons in it all, you know? So I I think that's what I really have to hold on to most is just looking for the growth through all of the challenges, really. I would say too, like through the, through the growth, it's like, it's really hard. So having having a having a really good supportive system like I know both of our husbands are really great partners but having each other has been really huge in terms of like when these things come up and feeling overwhelmed and needing someone to talk to we both you know maintain a healthy boundary of like if we can if that person's available but at the same time too like I think we're also so connected to each other and vibe off each other's energy so much that um 
it really makes a difference processing all of this stuff and talking about it and working through it together. Um, yes. Thank you both so much for sharing. And yeah, my podcast is obviously called Grow Through It. So kind of what you're both speaking to, it's like you aren't just going through life and being that victim. I think if anybody heard, you know, the stories that you shared, it would be so easy to understand that point of view because it has been really difficult things. And you're both incredible women who have stepped into their power. And I love the conversation talked about emotions as well. And I find it interesting because Elle, you've got an open solar plexus. Courtney, you've got a defined solar plexus. So it's kind of like navigating the waters of emotions. And it's so interesting because this week um, when I've been coaching clients, anger has actually come up a lot because I think as women, we tend to get quite upset and we feel stuck. And it's like, we feel like we can't say these things. And it's very much, I relate to that, you know, you know, if someone passes away or something's happened or because they're like, you know, a family member, you feel like you can't be guilt. Um, you can't, um, I guess, feel guilty. You feel guilty if you don't like necessarily love them in a conventional way, or maybe you see like the duality of who they really are, because we know, you know, our parents aren't perfect. I think as we get older, we realize they're very human. And sometimes it's like, um, what I really think about is some adults, are little children still walking around because they haven't done that inner work um, to really heal themselves. And so, you know, I think for all of us, we work with people as well. So, you know, Elle, I know you're a mindset manifestation coach and Courtney, you're in critical care. And part of that comes with like empathy and working with people all the time. So I think self-care is really important. So I was wondering what your um, routines or practices are for self-care. Courtney, do you want to go first? Sorry, I just feel like because I spoke last, maybe you should go first. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't care. Um, I have, I work nights in the hospital here in the U.S. So the way it works here for nurses is we like, we work like three, a minimum of three overnight shifts when you work overnight and you work like 12 to 13 hours. So, and then you sleep during the day. Um, so since I started that, my routine is not as as ideal as I would like it to be, but I'm trying to just give myself grace and slowly, you know, get back to the things I would do. Um, in general, self-care is super important. Um, in critical care, we lose about 30% of our patients. Um, just the other day, I had to actually switch my assignment because something just came over me and like I started shaking and I started hyperventilating and crying and it was in the middle of work and I was supposed to be taking care of someone who unfortunately trigger warning tried to kill themselves um and it was just too much it was just too much for me that day um thankfully I worked in a hospital in a unit where like my manager and all of our charge nurses really prioritize mental health and you know being being able to be your best self because they have all worked at the bedside. So they understand that, um, burden. Um, so, um, what I do at home, I rest when I'm tired. Um, I listened to an audiobook recently that was talking about the mentality, shifting this mentality that society has created of you earn your rest. Um, you don't earn your rest. You're just tired when you're tired. And if you're tired, that's your body saying you need to rest or your brain saying you need to rest or your soul. So just allow yourself to take that respite. Um, I do some witchy things. I like sage. Um, I like to drink coffee and tea. Um, I like to do yoga. Walking outside is always really nice. There's some really pretty places. Lauren has been here many times. Um, so she's seen the places. They're really pretty. Um, and then there's even like, as I, as I gain some more like financial stability, there's some like higher end things that I started doing that like, I used to not be able to afford to do. So, um, I'll get my nail, like my toes done because as a nurse, like, like my, my fingernails are terrible, but my toes can be done. Um, I'll get massages and sometimes I'll get facials. Um, it's not all the time, but sometimes they're just things that, you know, if you're working really hard, 
and you can manage it in your budget, I think that those are nice things to treat yourself to because it's almost like an acknowledgement of like, yes, I worked really hard and, and this is something that's expensive, but I also deserve it because I've been working so hard. So um, that's kind of a new thing I had to learn to do for self-care. I love that. For me, self-care has been interesting, difficult, interesting, uh, and slightly, like, I've been trying out different things because I'm sure, uh, Fee, as you know, it's it's hard to manage, in my opinion, self-care when also trying to maintain a business because it's so easy for me to kind of put myself in this like survival mode where I feel like I need to be working on my business 24 seven or else something's going to happen to it. Or, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it work this month or whatever other fears that I have that I have to work through. So it's really easy for me to get lost in my business and to not take care of myself. Like the bare necessities of putting on makeup, doing my hair, uh, getting dressed, you know, just those basic things that I would do if I was going to a job but because I work from home I'm not really prioritizing these things at all and I get really stuck in slumps very easily and it's really hard for me to do my basic necessities like cook a meal for myself and get up and get motivated to go in the shower and wash my hair and blow dry my hair and style my hair it's like these basic needs that are such a struggle for me sometimes And the other night, I actually had a crazy panic attack out of nowhere. I was telling my husband that I thought I was dying. I was like, you might have to take me to the emergency room right now. I think I'm having a heart attack. And he was like, I don't think you're having a heart attack. I think you need to just, you know, and he really helped me work through that. And I was able to work through that. But it was a reality check for me because I feel like I've just been taking on so much pressure lately and just have been not prioritizing my well-being and I really need to start doing that more so this is a great question because it's something that I have really been reflecting on in my own life lately and I think one of the ways that I like to prioritize my self-care as well is making sure that I'm setting boundaries because I do have a lot of people in my life whom I love but who come to me to help them with their problems and who will put a lot of their burdens on me, not purposely, and I don't think they are realizing it, but when it's constantly every conversation we're having is just about their problems, it's a lot for me to take on and I'm needing to really prioritize my own well-being because it's easy for me to confuse my emotions with theirs, which I'm sure has something to do with my chart or whatever else, but it's just something that I have always struggled with and I can easily let other people's problems affect my well-being. And I've noticed that I've been doing that lately because a lot of people in my life have been struggling and it kind of took a toll on me as well. But so making sure I'm setting boundaries and, you know, letting people know, like, I need time to kind of just be by myself right now. And I will have this conversation, you know, when I'm able to and just making sure that I'm setting those boundaries and then I love water like I feel like water is really refreshing for me so if I feel that way like it yeah I do need to get myself up take a shower wash it off uh take a bath go by a lake go by like I love going to the ocean which hopefully this summer I'll be able to do more I feel like that's really therapeutic for me so it's little things like that but especially with self-care for me, it's all about, you know, my mental state and making sure that I'm prioritizing my mental health because that is what's so, so important. Yeah. And I think when you work with people, it's realizing you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. Like if you're not in a great state, like you can't help as many people. So I love that you both kind of spoke to that. And I think it would be remiss of me if I don't also bring up in our conversation today, manifesting, because, you know, your podcast is all about that amongst other amazing personal growth topics. And we've got a new moon coming up this weekend at the time of recording. And so I'd love to know what your, each of your manifesting practices are and also what you're manifesting currently. So, yeah. Lauren, I went first last time, so now it's your turn. Okay. 
All right. So this new moon in Gemini is super interesting for me because it's going to be square Neptune. So I know that we have to be very careful about like manifesting around this new moon because of that Neptune square energy. Um, It can like create delusions and whatnot. But at the same time, I think I really want to use this energy to focus a lot more on my spiritual practices and my creativity, because I feel like, you know, the new moon square Neptune is great for focusing on like spirituality and creativity and really allowing myself to be more creative within my business because the new moon is taking place in my 10th house of career, uh, finding ways to be more creative in my business and getting more aligned in my business because I do still do things that maybe aren't entirely in alignment. Like I have huge visions for myself, huge dreams for myself within my career to be able to focus more on astrology, to be able to focus more on mindset and personal growth and development and spirituality. But I still hold on to a lot of marketing clients because before I was doing all of this, I was doing marketing. And so Sometimes I I can see frustrations coming up within my market with me and my marketing clients. And that's how I know that maybe maybe this is not entirely in alignment with me. So focusing on ways to bring in more creativity and align myself more with my authentic self in my career is key for me. And then on top of that, I think right now I'm also just kind of manifesting more inner peace because my life has been so like up and down, ups and downs, and just kind of fell off balance a lot internally. I really want to let go of the the struggle mindset and let go of the survival mode and really allow myself to ground my energy more, to be more present, to find inner peace, and to also be at peace with patience too, because a lot of my life has been, all right, well, you aren't going to be able to get this right now. You're going to have to be a little bit more patient before this happens. Like I have been trying to conceive for over two years now. And that was my goal for the past two years is I want to manifest a child. I want to have a baby. Like I want this baby. Um, And the way that I was going about it was, oh, what's interesting, Fee, is we had this conversation on the last podcast on our, our podcast about how um, I had this this thing in my chart about the struggle between struggle and desire or something like that. And me and Courtney were having this epiphany moment about how I was subconsciously blocking, you know, having a child because I was so fixated on, you know, the fact that I wasn't able to conceive and how most of my life has been, you know, everybody around me struggling. And so I had this subconscious mindset that in order to be worthy of good things or in order to get recognition, you have to struggle. And so I really, because I, you know, everybody around me was struggling and they were the ones getting the attention and I was always getting pushed to the side, even though technically I was also struggling too, but it was like this mentality of mine where it's like, all right, you have to learn that you don't have to struggle in order to be worthy of good things in your life. And you can, you know, receive without struggling. And that was something that really took me a long time to come to terms with. And so focusing more on that within my manifesting, my manifesting is going to be really important for me moving forward as well is realizing like life doesn't have to be about struggle. You are worthy of receiving. You don't have to struggle to receive that's what I'm really learning right now. Mm, I just love that you guys had the epiphany. And I think we were talking about it maybe after even the podcast, because um, that struggle energy L is my like my main life energy in human design. So I know that struggle is very much a mental concept. And when you pair that with, you know, an open identity center and open heart, you're unconsciously absorbing what other people say. So I really love that you had that breakthrough and thank you for sharing more. I love that you said inner peace as well. And also along those lines of detachment, especially when you are trying to manifest a child. And I'd love to hear more about what you're manifesting, Courtney, and your routines when it comes to that. Mm, um, I'm actually interested, and you guys would have to tell me, like how the new moon affects me. 
because then oh, yeah. it will help a little more. And what it, Lauren, if you want to look that up, I'll just talk a little bit like about my basics. So I've always been like a to-do list person. So I love making to-do lists and I unconsciously before like manifesting became like a conversation you would say on like social media have been writing in like journals and stuff and been like someday I'm gonna be a doctor like um and I think even like some subconscious manifesting like I had a really big like deja vu moment once with my husband where I was telling him how I felt like I had had a dream this is gonna sound really crazy I had a dream as a little girl that there was like a man that I felt really safe with that loved me like completely but I in the dream I couldn't see their face like their face never appeared in the dream they were like faceless but I could see like the outline of their body and me and my husband were just like hanging out one day and I, I just like stopped in my tracks and I told him about it and I was like I feel like it's you I know that that sounds wild but I just I feel like really creeped out because I like how many dreams do you remember from when you were like less than 10 years old not very many I was like and this sticks out and the same feeling of like security I had and comfortability when I woke up as a small child is what I was feeling in that moment like being home with him and I was like I think I'm now that I'm thinking about it I'm like I think I manifested that as like a child and had literally no idea what I was doing at all that's just so powerful and I find that so crazy because me personally manifesting that is the exact feeling that I'm looking for in a partner and I think maybe you don't even know this Courtney intuitively like in our dreams and things we can sense souls that's why they're faceless because we're we're more connecting on a soul level as opposed to like oh he has to look like this in the physical reality so I find that like mm, I just got so many tingles like I'm sure everybody listening at home got tingles when you said that and it's such a beautiful um love story for you as well it's really wild because like at one point Lauren read like our astrology charts as a partner and like part of what came up when she read it was that like we've we've been soulmates in multiple lives and like we have like unfinished stuff and I was just like that's so wild <laughs> but yeah, so Lauren, true, yeah. I'm, it'd be mind-blowing in the, in the Gemini moon thing yeah so for you in the Gemini new moon is taking place in your house of partnership, romantic, marriage, relationship, like one-on-one relationships, but it's square Neptune in whole sign. It's in your fourth house of home and family. And then in Placidus, it's in your third house of communication. So you really want to just be mindful of, I would say, how you communicate with other people around this new moon. Um, any relationship goals that you're making during this time, I would make sure that you're not being like illusional about delusional about it, I should say, Um, and just setting realistic goals for you guys. And also to be mindful of like family situations as well, like family dynamics, whether it be, you know, your husband's family or your own, and just being mindful of like when you're setting goals related to your partnership and your home life and your family life during this new moon to make sure you're being realistic about it and not like getting too swept up in the illusion, idealization of it all. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. We were actually, we went for a walk today and we were talking about the concept that um, like society has presented this idea that like you're only significant if you've accumulated a certain amount of like materials and wealth and how like that's all that you see repeatedly on social media um I mean depending on if you filter it or not but even if you filter what you see I feel like it still finds a way to like pop up um and we were talking about how like we don't necessarily want to live that life like even if we advance our like nursing careers and make a lot more money we still want to kind of keep a very modest lifestyle because ultimately we'd like to spend more time together doing stuff yeah quality time is huge and so easy to get swept up by like the material sides of life 
there needs to be like a, a healthy balance. Yeah, I think we can sometimes pursue that. And especially, you know, when I started my business, you're trying to create something and it's like, don't get lost in why you started your business or your purpose or your passion. It's ultimately, for many people, I know for myself, it's not about the money. It's actually about the freedom to be able to spend time with the people you love. Because, you know, when you are on your deathbed, you're not going to regret, oh, I wish I worked more hours. It's probably going to be like, I wish I worked less. And so... You know, um, just on a side note, before we kind of move towards ending the conversation that we've had today, Elle, um, could you explain for people at home? I think people get quite confused what the houses are in astrology. Obviously, you don't have to go, you know, break it down every single house, but what does it kind of represent in terms of astrology? Yeah, definitely. So essentially, we all have like a needle chart. It's like the blueprint of where the planets were at the time of your birth so you'll need your exact time and date um, and location of birth just like for human design and that will pull up a needle chart wheel for you and the needle chart is broken down into 12 different houses each house represents a different area of your life like you have the first house which is like the house of self and your physical appearance and kind of how you portray, portray yourself to the world. And then the second house is like your finances, your values, your self-worth, your possessions, the material sides of life. Then the third house is communication and how you communicate with other people. You're learning like how you research uh, connection with siblings, even neighbors and your daily commute, like short distance travel the fourth house is all about home, family, and your emotions, as well as the connection to your mom or your ancestors. And then you have the fifth house, which is all about creativity, how you create, uh, even children as well can be seen there, and your creative self-expression and how you allow yourself to enjoy life and have fun. Sixth house is all about your day-to-day -day routines, your health, your fitness, your uh, work life, your work environment, co-workers, even small pets sometimes can be seen there. The seventh house is relationships and your one-on-one -on -one partnerships, your marriage, commitment. Eighth house is all about death, transformation, rebirth, uh, your um, psyche, and even your connection to the occult or you know, taboo topics. And then you have the ninth house, which is long distance travel, foreign travel, higher learning, spirituality, um, higher education, your belief system. And then you move to the 10th house, which is your highest point in your chart, which is, you know, your career, your public recognition, how your reputation in the public. And then the 11th house is friends, networking, social connection, social circle, your hopes and your dreams. And then you move to the 12th house, the last house, which is the unseen, the hidden, your subconscious thoughts, your fears, which can also be seen in the 8th house as well. But it's also your connection to spirituality and even past life. So that's your needle chart. And in order to see more about that you would want to look at your natal chart and see what planets fall in which house and you'll have a sign that represents each house so it starts by your ascendant sign so for example i'm a virgo rising so then it goes from virgo ruling over my first house to then uh, libra ruling over my second house and then you know so on and so forth and that's how you can kind of see so for me gemini is rules over my 10th house of career so that's where the new moon is taking place so that's how I know that the new moon is affecting my career mostly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like a brief little overview. It was a like very good overview. I feel like me and Courtney were like, yes, like this makes sense. And you just, oh, and you're clearly someone that knows so much about astrology. And I know you do readings as well. So obviously everyone's got to check your page out and get a reading done by you. And I wanted to kind of end our conversation today with three questions that I'm now introducing that I'm going to ask every guest. So as we all know, I've got a book coming out called The Great, the Great Unlearning. So what would be your greatest unlearning so far in life, Courtney and Elle? Mm. Self, self like uh, deprecation and like self-loathing because it's like introduced, I think, as a small kid from a exterior sources and learning how like 
other people's narratives are not mine and I need to just let go of that energy and stop carrying that towards myself. Love that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I, I relate a lot to that one. And then for me as well, um, more on a spiritual note, I guess, uh, for me, I grew up in a very like religious household. So a lot of the times I had a lot of fear-based mentalities pushed on me especially like growing up it's like oh like if you don't pray tonight like make sure you pray tonight or else you never know something could happen like that kind of mentality so I had a lot of fear within me that I had to unlearn about not just you know spirituality in general but a lot of things in my life I was so fearful for a really long time and learning how to uncover my fears and unlearn all of the fears and kind of lead with a more optimistic perspective um, has been huge for me and also knowing that not everything you read like don't take everything for face value like I feel like and that's one thing that I had issues with with the school system is like you're taught that you know because this textbook said x y and z it must be true and that's a huge thing that I've had to work through and unlearn is like just because you read it in a textbook doesn't make it true but I don't know maybe that's all the Sagittarius in me <laughs> Oh, I definitely relate to the fear mongering. Like, oh, if I don't do this on this one day, like something's going to happen to me. So right. I found both your unlearnings quite interesting. And just to throw another like twist and, and rogue one, what was the last thing that you both Googled? Oh, let me look. <laughs> Pull out your phones. Tell us what you last Googled. I'm trying to think what I last Googled. I'm always somebody that like Google's how to get somewhere. So that's probably what I last Googled um, too. Courtney? Costco vacation. Oh. <laughs> I have a trip coming up. Um, very, very exciting. Um, in September, I'm going to Hawaii. It's my first time like going to the Pacific and um, somewhere like that tropical. And um, yeah, we're just like working on you know, paying off our little all-inclusive vacations. So Costco did a great job of like having a wonderful package. So that's why I'm Googling it. That's amazing. And Hawaii is so beautiful. The water is warm. You'll only be like eight hours away from me here in Australia. So um, yeah, you have to go snorkeling in Hawaii. It's like the best. Mine. <laughs> Mine's like definitely calling out my guilty pleasure. Um, I looked for Love Island season 10, episode four from the UK <laughs> because they don't have it here in the States yet. So I had to like use, I think it's Daily Motion or something to watch. That's so funny. I love reality it. TV. I love reality TV. It's my guilty pleasure. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind when you say it's like a new bombshell has entered the villa. Yes. It's a lot of fun, right? Like just a escape reality but um on a more like I guess personal development ending what is the best piece of advice or a quote that's changed your life mm, for me it's um if now I don't remember the exact saying of it but it was basically like what you aren't changing you are choosing and that really stuck with me because it's so true like if you're not changing a circumstance in your life, that's you saying, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm choosing this. I'm allowing this to be in my life. Only you can really make the changes in order to get yourself out of these loops that you're stuck in. And that's something I have learned on my own for a really long time with everything that's unfolded in my own life is like, all right, well, if I'm not making a change, I'm choosing this. Like if I'm not changing my day-to-day -day habits and I'm not prioritizing my self-care, then I'm telling myself I'm okay with not prioritizing my self-care. But am I really? No. So I need to make the change in order to choose differently. Yeah, that's, that's great. Powerful. Um, Mine is on my Instagram and there are two quotes that I have like back-to-back. -back. It's persistence without insight will yield the same outcome. So it, it's just saying like, you need that wisdom, like you can work and work and work and work. But if you don't have, if you're not seeking out the wisdom behind uh, what you're going after and why you're going after it, like we were saying your why for starting your business or my why behind being a nurse, 
Um, it's basically like futile. And then the next one I really, really like, um, it's information without understanding is nothing. Because I think you can have, like Lauren said, like you can have a textbook, um, but if you don't have the understanding behind um, the the true the truer meaning, um, like what what do you really have at that point? So again, I think a lot of emphasis on wisdom. Mm, thank you both so much. And before we go today. I'd love for you to share how people can best connect with you. I know you both have Instagram. So yeah, I'm sure people will want to connect with you perhaps after this podcast. Well, I would love to connect with everybody listening. Um, I have Instagram at Lduclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S. And I share tons of like astrology transits and insights over there. And then of course the podcast Thoughts That Manifest. And that's kind of where I connect with people the most, I would say. Um, I do have a website, lduclose.blog, but I don't really, you know, post over there as much anymore, but my services are listed over there. Um, I actually don't, I just have like my personal account. I haven't, that's like on our business to-do list. Um, so my personal Instagram is um, Cotney because I try to hide from like work and stuff. Um, so it's um, C-A-H-T-N-E-Y. Um, and yeah, that's like my personal one. So be nice. Business <laughs> one coming up. That's, that's on the to-do list and I would say an important one. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We got to get you a business Instagram. I think so, for sure. Especially as you guys create some sort of venture, which I'm really excited to see because you are both definitely here to help people and delve more into that world, all things health and wellness, as we kind of chatted when we did your human designs overlaid. And I just wanted to say thank you both so much for coming onto the podcast today and sharing your truth and your experiences. I think I think, you know, I'm definitely in awe of both of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much.